Well, happy Christmas Eve or Merry Christmas Eve. I'm coming to you live from the CLC studios atop the CLC sanctuary. If you're out in the parking lot, I'm just just north of you. Yeah, no, just west of you in, in the church building. I uh, got some crazy weather and some crazy technology. And so we're doing things a little different, but very, very happy to be with you. Let me tell you what's going to be happening over the next hour and 20, hour and 30 minutes. We are going to go on a Christmas adventure, right? And so it's going to be, I'm going to talk to you a little bit, read a few scriptures, light some candles. And uh, we have some kids from our kids zone that are going to be reading scriptures to you. And we're going to watch some some videos together. So here's what I want us to imagine is that for the next hour or so, we are going to go on a journey in preparation for Christmas, right? So if you're brand new with us, really, really glad you're here. Glad that you're joining us. And hopefully you're on the online chat. Why don't you say hello? Tell everybody Merry Christmas. Tell everybody what you hope you're getting for Christmas. All those kind of things. If you're sitting in front of a television, really, really glad to have you in your living room. What you're about to see is a bunch of our kids from KidZone who are going to be reading the scriptures to you. Then I'll explain to you what's going to go on. Then our band's going to be leading you in some songs. So you can think of this kind of like a rocking Christmas Eve countdown. So here we go. What's going to happen now is we're going to turn it over and our kids are going to be reading to you Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 21. Enjoy. The birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came to Dadder, she was found to be with child from a whole spirit and her husband Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame resolved to divorce her quietly but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which he has conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Aren't those some cute kids? I really, really like those last two. Those are my children. Hey, Amelia and Sophie, thanks for reading. Thank you all for reading. So we're going to go on a Christmas adventure, the story of Jesus being born. One of the neat things about the story is for... Over a thousand years, probably somewhere around 16, 1700 years, the Christian church has gone on kind of this journey. We're going to call it a Christmas adventure each and every year, kind of the Advent season. And for the last four weeks, we've been, or five, six weeks, we've been going through the sermon series, God with us, the story of Christmas, but the story of Christmas with Jesus being an adult. And so we thought tonight what we'd do is we would cover the entire Advent season in one setting. And so I want you to think about something. I want you to think about all the stuff that you wish you will get tomorrow for Christmas, right? If you're at home, you can tell your family out loud what you wish it is, right? Maybe some gifts, some toys, some kind of technology, right? Now, I want you to think of something that's not an actual tangible thing. I want you to think of something like uh, a feeling that you hope you get. 
this next Christmas and this Christmas season. Right? Now, as you think about that, let me offer you one that I think all of you are interested in. In fact, when the series of Advent, the season of Advent was kind of created, there's kind of this understanding that everybody's searching for something. Now, they might not be ready to find it in Jesus yet, but they're all searching. And here's what I know that everybody's searching for. And the Advent season allows us to highlight that. And the first thing that we know people are searching for in the first Sunday of Advent is the Sunday of hope. Hope. Right? This idea of not wishful thinking, but this confident assurance, right? Right now, you would love to have some hope, some certainty of what's to come. Like, you'd like to have some hope about what 2021 brings. You'd like to have some hope about what is offered in the future, right? If you're a parent, you would love to have some confidence that things will go well for your children and your grandchildren, right? You might not be interested in the Jesus thing. Glad you're here tonight. I want to talk to you about him. But you are at least interested in hope, right? And you wouldn't be the first ones to be interested in hope. People for from the beginning of time have been looking for something to place their hope in. Like this confident assurance that in the future, things are going to be well. Right? Hundreds of years before Jesus showed up, a, a prophet sh- stood up and made a declaration about hope. This hope that the world would get better. The hope that it would not be broken. The hope that there would be peace. The hope that there would uh, be an end to injustice. Right? If you're not even a Christian, it doesn't really matter. You are hoping for good in our world. And I mean... I want you to hear from our kids' own kids, Jeremiah 23, verses 5 and 6. Jeremiah 23, verse 5 through 6. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will fail to kill him. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. So the first candle in Advent is hope, a hope about a future. And people have been looking for this forever. In fact, when, when Advent was created, it was created around the word Adventus, which literally means the coming or the waiting. And what people were waiting for is the coming of Christ. Now, uh, since Advent was created post-Jesus' birth, it was uh, the first two weeks of Advent, we started hope and then peace we're thinking about the coming of jesus again like the return and then the second two weeks we're focused on jesus's first coming coming as a baby and what i thought we would do uh today as we kind of enjoy the christmas season together we would imagine what it would be like two thousand years ago to be waiting for hope so what we're going to look at is some shepherds who were homeless considered less than uh, couldn't go to church, couldn't go to the synagogue. They literally were with their sheep always. They were considered less than human. They actually couldn't even testify in a court because they were they were not considered a, a, a competent or trustworthy witness. So we're going to follow the story of a shepherd who has hope, is looking for hope in perhaps the Messiah to come, right? He knew the world was broken and he wanted to find something to put his hope and assurance in. And so what we're going to do is we're going to journey through the story of a shepherd 
looking for hope. So would you join me in watching this video of a shepherd searching for hope? But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up unto the time when she who is in labor has given birth, and he shall be their peace. A reading from the scroll of the prophet Micah. This one's good. Teacher, I have a question about the Messiah. I've studied Torah every day and... A shepherd wants to learn. Yes. Do you believe the Messiah will set us free from the occupation? Yes, he will make a great military leader. Are you sure? Because... 
last Shabbat, the priest read from Prophet Ezekiel, and he did not say... How dare you? I'm sorry, teacher. He is obsessed. You brought this animal? I said spotless. Spotless? Yes. These are for righteous men. For the perfect sacrifice. Very sorry. Very sorry. Very sorry. You wonder why the Messiah hasn't come? People like you keeping him away with your stains. If you come back here without a perfect lamb, I will banish you all from the marketplace. Now, come, come. I warned you about this. Are you deaf as well as lame? I'm sorry. We are not slowing down for you. You take this rat back up to the hill and try and keep up. Or find your own way back.
Joining us, I'm live from the CLC studios atop the CLC sanctuary. Glad you're out in the parking lot or at home. The weather's crazy. And what we are doing is we're just kind of adventuring, adventing through the story of Jesus. Imagine what it had been like 2,000 years ago to be looking for a savior, looking for hope, right? We would all agree with that, even if you're not Christian, not a believer in this stuff, that all of us would love to have some assurance of things in the future. But let's just be honest, right? When we talk about hope, particularly hope in God, this confident assurance of something in the future, uh, we tend to struggle with actually putting all of our hope in God. For example, if you're an adult and have a house, do you think do you have hope that God's going to pay your mortgage? Right? If you're a mom, do do you have hope that God is going to uh, cook dinner? Tomorrow, right? And so we have this idea of hope, this confident assurance. I don't just wishful thinking, but it's always about something in the future. But the problem is something in the future doesn't really help in the here and now, right? We looked at the shepherd looking for hope in a savior, right? But he still had some tasks he had to perform. He had sacrifices to be made. And the reality is because hope is so out in the distance, it's hard to experience it in the here and now. And what ends up happening is we actually lose peace. Right? And so as we think about the Advent series, the first thing we think about is this longing for hope. But as we long for hope, what kind of rises up is kind of an understanding that there's just an absence of peace. The second candle. So when we think about peace, we're talking about this this shalom in the scriptures, this complete or this wholeness, this idea that something is off. And not off in the future, but something is off in the here and now, right? It wouldn't you? Love, to find some peace, some deep breaths in the here and now. Wouldn't that be a nice Christmas season for a parent? Wouldn't you love to lay down tonight and take some deep breaths, right? We have this great idea of fire insurance in the future, but the here and now is pretty hard. And so, as we think about Advent, think about these longings. Maybe we're longing, not longing for Jesus yet, but we are longing for hope. And there's an absence of peace. And that was the same things that the shepherds would have felt. And there's this promise that would have been made that there would be a Savior who would come and bring peace. In fact, 700 years before Jesus shows up, the prophet Isaiah announces that this Prince of Peace is going to show up. Let me let you listen to and see the kids' own kids read the scriptures from Isaiah chapter 9.
For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So what if peace is actually available to you this year? What if there actually is a Prince of Peace? Like, could you at least, at least be open this Christmas season to the idea that peace comes from a person, his name is Jesus, right? This, this peace. And so what I want you to imagine is what it looks like to search for peace. I wonder if you could find peace. We're going to go back to the shepherd looking for a Messiah who he thinks is going to bring him peace. So would you join me as we journey with the shepherd looking for peace? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divided the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder the rod of you his oppressor, you want to listen? No, this is a holy place. Please, you are filthy. Go for every boot of Get the out. trapping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Strengthen the weak hands. Excuse me, friend. Could you point me to a well in this town? My wife hasn't had a drink in hours. The other end of the square. Thank you, brother. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Here. Oh, thank you for your kindness. How far have you come? From Galilee, Nazareth. Don't say that too loud here. You know, they say, uh, Nothing good can come from I know what they say about Nazareth. Don't worry, I won't tell anyone. Secret safe with me. Thank you for your kindness. And my name is Simon. Out of my way. We must go. who have an anxious heart be strong. Fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then 
the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. A reading from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah.
so a few nights ago, I was uh, laying in bed, and I just couldn't sleep. It happens to me sometimes. And I decided I would put on some headphones, and I listened to some old hymns worship music. I don't do it all the time. Kind of had them in my ears, and I was listening, and I don't know, one, two o'clock in the morning, and uh, all of a sudden, because it's dark, and my, I got headphones in, I'm not really listening, I feel this tug, and I look down, and Sophie, my, my youngest, she's six, adorable, adopted, which means she has great genetics, and uh, she's kind of laying there, and she can't sleep, and she's whispering to me, so I take out one headphone, and I put it in her ear, and so I got the, the hymns playing in my left ear, she's got them playing in the right, and she just kind of lays up on top of me, and we're just laying there, and life is filled with peace, right? In that moment, it's just, ah, oh, it just felt complete. Like, it's like, ah, oh, I know what it's like to be, God, I know what it's like to sit still and be loved by you as my father. I love Sophie as my daughter and just sitting there and just enjoying it. And, and then all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, I, I started to have this panic, like this fear, so messed up that I went from this great moment of peace to started thinking about Sophie as a teenager, right? What I've been told, and almost have a teenager, got a 12-year-old now. Um, that if you, if you have kids, you'll probably agree this. You can say amen in the chat if you like to, or honk your horn if you agree with this outside. Um, but I've been told that raising little kids is exhausting physically, but raising teenagers and older children is exhausted emotionally. Is that right? Give me an amen if so, right? Is that this exhausting, right? And so I started thinking about Sophie as a teenager. Then I thought about her wanting to go off to college and it's like, no, she can't go off to college. She can stay in the basement. I'll get her cats and she can stay down there. But just started to imagine that. And I started thinking about Briggs and Amelia not being in her house. And all of a sudden, I went from this really peaceful moment to this moment of chaos, right? Because here's what happened. I had this, this great peace in the moment. But when I kind of peered into the future, I had this fear, right? Because you and I know this. You know that we can't control the future, right? You wouldn't have planned 2020 the way that it is. And so many of you are staring into 2021 hoping it's not like 2020, right? There's just something that we are fully aware of that we cannot peer into the future and control it, right? And so you have this peace in the moment, but what steals that peace is actually a lack of hope, right? And you have this moment where you can be joyful about the fact that God holds the control of the future. You have this hope. But what steals your hope is in the day of the lack of peace. But can you imagine, you can imagine what it looks like when you are filled with both peace and hope. Well, I can tell you what that looked like. It actually has a great emotion to it. It's called joy. And what's so beautiful about the Advent calendar and the Advent wreath is um, hundreds, not thousand years ago, they created a New color candle for the Advent wreath, pink, to celebrate the joy. Could you imagine what it's like to have hope and peace, the marriage of peace in the present? Take it. Oh, deep breaths now, knowing that God is with you and knowing that God is out in front of you in the future. And there were some people 2,000 years ago who didn't have hope, didn't have peace. They didn't have much confidence in their future because they were shepherds. They didn't have much peace in their present because... They were shepherds. They were homeless, living out with sheep, watching their flocks by night. Let me remind you of their story using kids' own reading to us. Luke chapter 6, or Luke chapter 2. Here's the reading. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. Keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And then, and, okay. and then 
they got filled with fear. The angel said the an to them, The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news for great joy that will be for all. I mean, wait. All the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a little baby. Baby. Wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel and multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, "Glory to God." For the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Well, doesn't that bring you joy hearing kiddos read the scriptures? Like just for a moment, right? To be filled with peace and filled with hope, right? And the collision of those two things is this beauty called joy. You know, 2,000 years ago. There's some shepherds, right? And all of a sudden, these angels appeared to them and said to them, Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy from the city of David. There is a Messiah, Christ the King. Only time in the scriptures with the word Messiah, the word Christ, and the word Lord all show up together, meaning he was always the promised one. He was the promised one, right? He is the one who can save the Savior, and he's the boss, meaning he's the one in charge of our future. He can bring good news, great joy, and guess who it's for? It's for all people. Now imagine 2,000 years ago being a shepherd and having this experience. What I want you to do is I want you to watch this video with me as these angels get the news of, or these shepherds get the news that the angels are sharing. Now that's going to be interesting. You're not going to hear much words from the angels, but you're going to see the shepherd's face. And if you're going to wonder how to respond, don't worry. Our band's then going to lead you in a song to kind of personify this good news of great joy. So enjoy the video and definitely, definitely enjoyed our band's singing. Yes, well, next time I would wipe my hands with his robe. He would faint. A Pharisee is so cheap when he writes his will, he names himself as the heir. <laughs> <laughs> and then he still doesn't get much. No. <laughs> Finally, he's back. Uh, Hello, uh, Simon. <coughs> Stay with the sheep. He is useless. Why do you keep him around? He's a good boy. Uh, you want some dinner? Finally. Aaron made dinner tonight, so <laughs> nothing is cooked. Oh, yes. <laughs> the food is fine. It's my grandmother's recipe, so leave it alone. Yeah, then that is why your grandfather left. <laughs>
Again and again. They take whatever they want. Oh, I wish that woman wouldn't have left the well. Oh, she was, she was very, very beautiful. Pretty, very pretty. Mm. Very beautiful. Can I have my dinner now? Not with us. No. Your plate is over there. After what happened this morning, you sleep with the sheep tonight. And pay attention this time. And watch out for wolves. Watch out for the Pharisee. He might come after you. <laughs> Our Roman took another sheep yesterday. Simon, they're talking about the Romans again. But they cooked it right in front of me. You're even lucky. You're lucky you're not part of this conversation about Romans again and again. Expect him to pay. Good pay. He takes, they take whatever they want. Let's talk about something else.
singing The Lord has come Sister, let me tell you why the bells are ringing The Lord has come For this day in Bethlehem There's a king in a manger, no woman in Wise men seek him, the shepherds too Born for me and you Come on, join the angel Singing glory to God in the highest Join the angel Shout peace on earth, goodwill to men It's been a long time coming He's the one waiting for, yeah So join the angel Praise the Lord Your heart tired of all that's hurt and well Go on and lay it down Upon this day in Bethlehem There's a king in a manger and a woman again Go to the poor, straight to the weak He's come to set us free Come on, join the angels Singing glory to God in the highest Join the angels Shout peace on earth, goodwill to men It's been a long time coming the one we're waiting for, yeah. So join the angels and praise the Lord. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God. His name will be called. Prince of Peace And at the name of Jesus Every knee will bow And every tongue will confess On this day in Bethlehem There's a king in a manger No room in the inn The wise men seek him The shepherds too He's born for me and you Come on, join the angels Singing glory to God in the highest, join the angel. Shout peace on earth, goodwill to men. It's been a long time coming. He's the one we're waiting for, yeah. So join the angel and praise the Lord. And praise the Lord. Praise. some good singing wasn't it so uh, those are some emotions you should feel right so the shepherds show up uh, the, the angels show up to the shepherds and they hear this good news of great joy for all people including you and I write good news of joy and peace and hope but have you ever actually thought about where these emotions come from like why you long for hope why you long for peace why you desire joy like where does that come from i mean for just 
humans and flesh and a bag of chemicals, a body of chemicals, where do those things come from? And I just would argue, as shepherds are looking for, we're looking for, we, I would argue that we are hardwired to desire this confident assurance of the future. Hardwired to have this complete and wholeness in the present. Hardwired to long to have life and life to the fullest. And the reason we're hardwired that is because those are all gifts from God. So why in the world does God give us those things? Well, it's really, really pretty simple, right? And so if we look at the scriptures and understand how the world happened, the Bible tells us that in the beginning, God existed. Long before we were there, God was there. And God wasn't just a person. He was in three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's really, really important. Got these three candles, got this trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And they existed long before he did. Here's why this is why this matters. One, they had perfect community long before we showed up. And guess what else they had? They had perfect love long before we showed up. In fact, so God didn't need us to love him. God didn't need us to have community. God didn't need us so he could feel good about himself or not be bored. God was fully sustained and fully satisfied long before we showed up. Told you, God had perfect love, but he had more than perfect love. He actually had infinite love. So, you know this, when you ever have more than you need, what do you do with it? You don't want to throw it away, right? What you want to do is you want to find someone to give it to, whether it's food or clothing or extra kittens, whatever it is. If you have more than you need, you want to give it away, right? You want to offer it to other people because you don't want to see it go away. So what does God do if he has perfect and infinite love? He creates humans to pour out his love on. You see, the reason we have hope and peace and joy is because God gives us those. Why does he give them to us? It's actually pretty simple. Because he loves us. Maybe it's not that simple. There we go. He loves us. Hope, peace, joy, love. And many of you, year after year, if you've been a part of uh, our church, Christian Life Center, before New London Presbyterian Church, have a long-standing tradition of you going into the NLPC building and celebrating on Christmas Eve and kind of concluding with a candlelight service and for many of you this will be the first year um that won't happen we have complications with covid and pastor jeff has been the one my predecessor here at the christian life center for 30 years has led that service and since he's not leading us and since you're not getting to go to that service i'm going to try to do him justice and sharing one of his favorite stories that he'd share with you i learned about it in the jesus i never knew by philip yancey so Philip Yancey, in one of his chapters, talks about owning a fish tank, like a, a really nice aquarium. You got it? So imagine the fish, tropical fish, all the fish, they're kind of floating. Really nice fish tank, big aquarium, right? The ones with the reefs and the, you know, the aerating bubbles, you know, all that go, kind of going on and the nice little pebbles at the bottom. And he said every day he would go and he would go and take care of his fish, right? He'd drop just the amount, right amount of food. You know this if you have fish. You can't give them too much food, but you can't give them not enough food. So just the right amount. And he said every day he'd go because he loved his fish, cared for his fish and wanted to provide food for his fish, right? And he said every single time he would go, the fish would do the same thing. The minute his shadow came over the aquarium, guess what the fish did? They went and hid down in the reefs. They went and hid down in the caves, right? They went and hid from Philip Yancey because they thought he was this deep, dark, scary shadow. And he's going, I am the one who offers you life. I am the one who sustains you, right? Like, I am your provider. Without me, you can't exist. I am your source of hope. I am your source of joy and peace. I am the one who loves you, right? And every single time, 
the fish would cower, suspicious of their owner, their provider. And Philip said he wondered, how, how could I convince these fish that I loved them? And he said there's actually only one conclusion. The only way he could show that is if he would put on, a, become a fish, right? Put on scales and hop in the water and swim amongst them and show them. The only way he could convince the fish that he loved them would actually be to step down and be with them. Eugene Peterson tells us in his translation, the message of uh, John chapter 1, verse 14, he tells us that God put on a body, stepped down, put on a body, stepped into the aquarium, and moved in to the neighborhood. John tells us in John chapter 3 exactly why God did this out of love. And I want you to hear this from our kids' own readers. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So the story of Christmas is that God so loved us, right? What you have to hear is we always talk about Jesus is the reason for the season. Well, it's kind of true, but the reality is you're the reason for the season. Your children are the reason for the season. Why? Because God so loved them. What if that's true? What if God really is the offer of hope and peace and joy and the creator and founder of love? What if that's true? What if that's true? And what if the way by which God showed us that he's our provider and our sustainer and our source of hope, peace, joy, and the one who loved us, what, is, what if that's true? How would you respond? So we're going to go back and watch the shepherd as he gets this news. What does he do? What does he do? He runs to Jesus. He runs to cherish and consider whether or not this is true. So as you watch this video, then hear this song. Would you consider whether or not you believe this is true? And if you think it is, would you consider what your response should be? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And shall call his name Emmanuel.
so beautiful. <laughs> we must tell someone. We must tell everyone. Yes, we must tell everyone. everyone. Yes, yes, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We've waited for this for so long. So long. He's on. He's on. He's on.
So what's your response, right? What if this is true? What if Jesus is our source of hope and peace and joy and love, right? What, what if that's true and yet you yet, 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 completely understand how sometimes that's hard to fathom? But what's a better option? What else could be your source of hope? What else could be your source of peace? What else could be your source of joy and love, right? God, 700 years before Jesus' arrival, used the prophet Isaiah to declare that one day he would send the Christ, as we light the last candle tonight. The Christ, the one who ushered in peace and hope and love and joy, and yet he knew that so many people would not recognize him or be interested in him or pursue him. In fact, he uses the prophet Isaiah to make a pretty bold declaration that Jesus is going to show up 700 years before he does show up. And he's going to pay the price for our sin. He literally is going to cover us. He's going to be the sacrifice, right? You saw the shepherd earlier, knowing that he had to offer sacrifices to be made right in his religious upbringing, to be made right in the synagogue, to be made right in Judaism, to be made right in his mind before God. He thought he had to offer a perfect sacrifice. He thought he had to earn his hope. He thought he had to earn his peace. He thought he had to manufacture his joy. And he thought the only way God would love him is if he offered the right thing. And yet, 700 years before Jesus shows up, there's a promise that Jesus would be that sacrificial lamb. He would be the offering so that we wouldn't have to continue to make sacrifices and we could just be the recipients of his hope, peace, love, and joy that we could just receive that, not based on our performance. But receive that because God loved us, because Jesus loves us, and God knew that we'd miss it. So I want you to hear from Isaiah's words uh, through KidZone in the message format, Isaiah 53, 700 years before Jesus is sacrificed for us, what God said would happen and what God said would be offered to us. Please hear Isaiah 53. Who believes what we haven't seen? Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? The seven grew up before God. A scrawny seedling, a, a scrubby plant in a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over, a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and, and people turned away. We looked down on him and thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sin that did that to him, it, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sin. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through his bruises we got healed. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing and gone our own way. God has piled all his sins, everything 
We we have done wrong wrong on him on him. He was beaten, he was tortured, but he didn't say a word. Like the lamb taken to be slaughtered, and like the sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried. And he was let off. And did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare, beaten bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked, threw him in a grave with the rich man, even though he'd never heard a soul or said a word that wasn't true. Still, it's what God had in mind all along to crush him with pain. The plan was that he give himself as an offering for sin, that he'd see life come from it, life, life, and more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. Out of that terrible travail of soul, he, he'll see that it's worth it and be glad he did it. Through what he experienced, my righteous one, my servant, will make many righteous ones, as he himself carries the burden of their sins. Therefore, I'll reward him extravagantly, the best of everything, the highest honors. Because he looked death in the face and didn't flinch, because he embraced the company of the lowest. He took on his own shoulders the sins of the many. He took up the cause of all the black sheep. So we've been in a season of Advent. We're working through it. The hope, the peace, the love, the joy that all comes from Christ. But it's not just a season for us. It's been a season for all humanity. In fact, hundreds of years before Jesus showed up. They were waiting for a Christ, a Messiah, someone who would make the ultimate sacrifice, right? What the scriptures tell us is the wages of our sin is death. You know that. You know that there's consequences for pain. Many of you are experiencing that pain over this Christmas season, right? There are broken down relationships because of behavior, right? There are costs to be paid because of our choices. We understand that there's a price to be paid. And for hundreds of years, the Israelites knew that there was a price to be paid and they only had a band-aid solution. They offered a sacrifice each and every week and to, to God and go, God, would you please forgive us? Would you please cover us? And God continued to remind them that one day he would send the ultimate sacrifice. There would not need to be more weekly sacrifices because God would send the spot, spotless lamb. In fact, he tells us the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The true story of Christmas, the reason we give extravagant gifts, because the most extravagant gift ever given was Jesus offering himself to us as a payment for our reconciliation, our right standing with God. 700 years before it happened, God tells the story of what's going to happen for Jesus. And they look at the story and go, I just don't know if it's true. I just don't know if it's true. I don't know if God really can offer hope and peace and love and joy. If it's not true, where does it come from? If Christ isn't the one who offers it, then we'd be hopeless. We'd lack peace. We'd be joyless. And there'd be no love. So what if? What if this story is true? What if God is actually offering you his, the gift of himself this Christmas? The reason for the season is not Christ. It's you. What if he offers it for you this season? So what you see is this last moment with the shepherd. He's now seen the baby. He's determined that everyone should know. So what does he do? 
How does he respond? Does he go about his day? Does he continue operating, trying to earn his own hope and peace and love and joy? Or does something change? Would you join me as we conclude the journey with the shepherd? For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. To establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. I told you not to come back here. So where is it? Have you found a spotless lamb for sacrifice? So let me ask you, this Christmas, have you found the perfect sacrifice? Have you found the one thing that will cover everything you need? Have you found the one who brings all the things you long for when you know you can't earn them? Have you found the one who brings in hope and peace and love and joy, right? The story of Advent is we prepare our hearts looking for hope and peace and love and joy and the big aha is all of hope, all of peace, all of love, all of joy is found in the spotless lamb. The one who was sacrificed. The one who defeated death and then pr proved he was God by coming back to life. Right? And so would you consider that this year? In fact, would you do what the shepherd did? He goes and sees Jesus. And would you do what Mary did? She treasured up the good news of this in her heart. Here, let me remind you of the account in Luke chapter 2 of this story brought to you by our Kids Zone readers again. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord made known to us. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And... And all, all who, who heard, heard it, it wondered, wondered at the what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. What a beautiful passage. The shepherds find hope, peace, love, and joy, but more than that, they find their Savior, Christ, the Messiah. 
the Lord. And they come and they see him. And what do they find? They find Mary holding this baby, knowing that this baby is going to grow into a man. And one day going to pay the ultimate price and make life for us available, not just for now, but for all eternity. So what's our response? What's your response? Well, this is good. This is true. That our response is the same as the shepherd, right? And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen or heard. So, so far this evening, you have participated in watching the videos, watching the songs, but now you get to participate by actually singing the words. So the band's going to come and lead us as we close this Christmas Eve service, declaring and singing joy to the world. So would you sing as loud as you can, no one else is listening, in your living room, in your car, right here with me, would you sing joy to the world with us?
Well, thanks for joining us for the Christmas Eve service. Quick reminder before benediction. Um, we will not be in person this Sunday, December 27th, right? But we will still be having church at 9, 1045, and 5 p.m. But you'll have to join us online for a great e uh, morning or afternoon or evening called Home for the Holidays. Definitely worth your time. Check it out, 9, 1045, or 5 o'clock. Again, we hope you have a fabulous and Merry Christmas. And now let me pray a prayer of blessing over you. Jesus. May each and every person, every man, every woman, every child, be filled with your hope and your peace and your joy and your love. But most importantly, may they be filled with your spirit and may they spend this season saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom you are pleased. Love you guys. Be well. Have a Merry Christmas. You are dismissed. But if you want to stay around and listen one more time to join the angels, the band will play it for you.
this day in Bethlehem there's a king in a manger, no room in the inn. The wise men seek him, shepherds too. He's born for me and you. Come on, join the angels. Singing glory to God in the highest. Join the angels. Shouting peace on earth, goodwill to men. It's been a long time coming. He's the one we're waiting for, yeah. So join the angels and praise the Lord. And praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ooh. 